Good morning and welcome. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to welcome you here this morning, those of you watching online as well, to this, our first service, which is the weekly Bible prophecy update that we do. Uh, we have two services on Sunday morning. The second service is actually the sermon. It's a verse by verse study through the Word of God. We're currently in the book of James. We're, Lord willing, today going to finish chapter 1. And in so doing, we're going to answer this often asked question of, do I consider myself religious? And we're going to do that by explaining from the text what true religion actually means. Also, for those of you online watching by way of YouTube or Facebook, we would encourage you to go directly to the website. There you will find the uninterrupted and uncensored entirety of today's update. Before we jump in, I uh, want to take this opportunity to thank all of you for your patience with us. We are doing our best with the increased attendance. Uh, we would certainly covet your prayers for the leadership, the staff, and the servants who faithfully and tirelessly serve behind the scenes. Uh, please know that the changes we've made up to this point, of which there have been several, and the ones we're still making are bathed in much prayer and even fasting. One more thing, next week, of course, can't believe it already, here is Resurrection Sunday. And while our service times will be at the same time, uh, we're just really going to need your patience uh, with us uh, next week. First service will still be the prophecy update, but second service will be a Resurrection Sunday celebration and sermon. So hoping you're able to join with us. And again, thank you for your patience with us as well. Well, for today's update, I want to talk with you about what seems to be the proverbial calm before the storm, as it's referred to. By that I mean there's this almost eerie lull of sorts, which oftentimes precedes a catastrophic storm. And oftentimes it hits so suddenly. The year was 1997. My wife and I were staying with my aunt, who lives in Giza, Egypt, where the pyramids are. I'll never forget that one particular day. It was a beautiful sunny day. And I happened to be out on her deck just videotaping. And please, no, not videotaping, but huge shoulder camera videotaping. <laughs> this is 1997 technology, but I was just videotaping just, it was such a beautiful, sunny, calm day. And all of a sudden my aunt comes out and tells me, hey, uh, we don't have much time. There's a dust storm coming. So I'm like, okay, well, just let me get, no, no, get in now. I'm like, whoa, look, it's not, 
it's beautiful out. She said, not for long. And she was right. It was a matter of minutes. I'm not exaggerating. We go inside and we shut everything. And they've been through this before. But this particular dust storm was unique. In fact, it made national news. And we were actually scheduled to fly out of Egypt and back to Amman, Jordan uh, that day and ended up having to uh, delay that flight because of this storm that hit so suddenly. But it was just a matter of minutes. And all of a sudden, that beautiful sunny day and blue sky turned completely dark, in some ways even darker than the night. And it just engulfed and consumed and enveloped everything, devouring everything. And it was, and it lasted for a while, but I'll never forget how suddenly that storm, that dust storm hit and the eerie calm before it did. Well, you probably already know where I'm going with this, but even Jesus spoke to this concerning the prophetic application to this. It's a very interesting account recorded in Luke's Gospel, the 12th chapter. I'll begin reading in verse 54. Just kind of picture the scene in your mind. Jesus is speaking to this crowd. And we're told, He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Wow. In other words, you can see this storm coming, and it does. But when it comes to the signs, prophetically, you're unable to see what's coming. And to call them hypocrites. You know, I know it's uncomfortable for some people to see Jesus this way. And sadly, I think He's been portrayed as this, you know, sort of um, certainly meek, but not weak. I mean, the strength with which He would address people, particularly on that day that He went into the temple. I would have loved to have been there. I hope that's not bad, but I would have loved to have seen that. He fashions a whip and drives them out of the temple and turns the tables over. Wow. So this is very strong, and rightfully so, because what was happening was they did not discern or see what was coming. Oh, they could interpret the weather and know that a storm was coming. But when the prophetic storm and the signs are all there, no. Doubtless the Apostle Peter in his first epistle had this in mind. In chapter 5, verse 8, he says, be alert and of sober mind. And here's why. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion 
looking for someone to devour. You know, I wonder sometimes when things are kind of going good and we get sort of a reprieve and a respite as we seem to have been given, I guess, for however long it's going to last. We have this tendency to kind of be lulled into a spiritual slumber, just kind of basking in the calmness, unknowing <laughs> of what's about to hit. What I'm hoping to do in our time together today is draw your attention to this prophetic calm before the prophetic storm in just four specific areas, environmentally, economically, geopolitically, and technologically, all of which point to Bible prophecy, particularly prophecy found in the book of Revelation. And we'll start with the calm before the environmental storm, which we addressed actually kind of in depth last week in the update concerning geoengineering. We had a number of people contact us about Dane Wigington and the full-length documentary titled The Dimming at geoengineeringwatch.org. We've provided a link to that video, that documentary, that must-see documentary for those who were unable to find it and view it. Also, we provided another link to Dane's YouTube channel, which I sub subscribe to. Uh, there you will find his weekly Geoengineering Watch Global Alert News broadcasts, which he usually posts on Saturdays, and I would not recommend it for the faint at heart. Uh, he tells it like it is, and it is factual and true. And it's important to understand that this is not a conspiracy theory, which is what they would have us to believe. What they are doing to the earth is very real, and it's just a matter of time before the storm of Earth's destruction hits, as we're told it will in Revelation chapter 11, verses 16 through 18. In verse 18, the prophecy is that when judgment comes, God will destroy those who destroy the Earth. That's a very specific prophecy. This brings me to the calm before the prophetic storm economically. And the recent World Government Summit 2022 on March 28th. Pictured here is a screenshot of Dr. Pippa Malmgren, who stated, and I quote, this is a quote, what underpins a world order, world order, which was, by the way, the theme of this summit, was, are we ready for a new world order? That was the theme. So she's asked on stage in this forum about this, and she says again, quote, what underpins a world order 
is always the financial system. I was very privileged. My father was an advisor to Nixon when they came off the gold standard in 71. By the way, parenthetically, let me say she was an advisor to George W. Bush, economic advisor. So she continues quoting, I was brought up with a kind of inside view of how very important the financial structure is to absolutely everything else. And what we're seeing in the world today, I think, is we are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. I have been for the last two years, and just hear me out, okay? The last two years I have been up here, as is my privilege to every week. And I have been screaming and yelling and spitting <laughs> and telling you that what we're witnessing is the controlled demolition, controlled demolition of the existing global economy to usher in the new one. And it's the calm before that storm, using her words, we're on the brink. She goes on to say, listen very carefully, and the new one, this new financial system that we're going to, abandoning the old one, is what we call blockchain. Oh. My son, uh, firstborn son, explained blockchain technology to me a couple years ago in the simplest of terms. And I think I finally got it. And very basically, very simply, what blockchain technology is, is a verification technology. So you have this massive computing power that verifies and authenticates a transaction. And once that transaction has been verified and authenticated, it is then added as a block to the chain. I know that's deeply profound, blockchain. It's a verification system, this technology. Now, you, and she's going to mention this here in a moment, you will automatically connect blockchain technology to cryptocurrency, which is what it is. It uses blockchain technology. The most well-known of the cryptocurrencies is, of course, Bitcoin. Now, the beauty of Bitcoin has been heretofore that it is decentralized, decentralized. What she's talking about is centralized. It is controlled. See, right now you can invest in cryptocurrency and it is not centralized by one controlling entity. 
There's no banks. You are in complete control. But what they're going to do is they're going to create this blockchain technology and it will be a central bank, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. It is no longer decentralized. Now it is centralized and controlled. So she says this new accounting is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction <laughs> that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. It also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. I guess to her credit, she acknowledges the concerns here. She says, quote, in my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights if we're going to have digital money. But also this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private. But what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. Well, this comes on the heels of what Biden announced a couple, three weeks ago about a centralized government digital currency. It's all, yeah, might as well, this is as good of a time as any, please. I, I hope you know that behind the scenes, th this is the image that I have in my mind, and please don't think that I've lost my mind when I share it with you, okay? They're all backstage toasting a glass of champagne together. Zelensky, Putin, Biden, Trump, et al., Obama's there. They're all there. Wow, that was really good. <laughs> good job. Good show. I told you not to think I've lost my mind when I share. That's exactly what's happening. They're all in on all this. It's been planned for many, many decades. She goes on, the Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance to have a better life? Because that's the only measure of whether a world order really serves. So you know what this means, right? Well, you have it in your Bible in Revelation chapter 13. This blockchain technology is exactly the technology that we're told in the Bible will be present during the seven-year tribulation. This blockchain technology is so precise that every transaction, every human being can be tracked verified and authenticated using this technology. It is so powerful. And that technology exists today, today. 
If you go, again, I'll say this, if you go 10 years out, the technology as fast as technology is advancing. If you think about how technology has advanced heretofore to the present day, and you fast forward that 10 years from today, you exceed the technology that we have recorded in the Bible. That should give us all pause in terms of how close we are. So it's just a matter of time now. This is that calm before the economic storm that is coming upon the whole world. Every human being will be tracked using this technology. And that's exactly what Revelation 13 says. You will not be able to buy or sell. Everything's digital, cashless. They've had it in place for a long time. And they've already kind of programmed us and conditioned us and readied us for this. And she uses the words on the brink. I like the word cusp better than brink. Just sounds better, cooler, cusp. We're on the cusp. That storm's going to hit. It's just a matter of time. This brings us to the calm before the storm geopolitically, and the prophetic implications of the major developments internationally. Of course, we have the ongoing enigma, as I'll refer to it, of what's happening in Ukraine, which is very strange. Um, the only thing to me, if I could be so candid, that makes any sense at all is that old adage, follow the money. Then I, you start kind of, okay, I, I think I see what's really going on here. So you know the Ukrainian flag, right? It's gold and blue. You know why? The gold is the wheat, the blue is the sky. Ukraine is known as the breadbasket of Europe, the grain, the food supply, not to mention the energy. This is a key and strategic location. And by the way, I want to come back to this, maybe just hang on to this for a moment. But have you noticed that if you dare say anything that even smacks of being pro-Putin. <gasps> you're censored. You're ostracized, you're criticized, you're demonized, you're all the eyes. <laughs> criticized, penalized. Oh, you don't think that's happening? The campaign now is all about Ukraine now. Don't dare go against the narrative, because that's the narrative. Hmm. Follow the money. It's all about the money. And even more specific than Ukraine being the breadbasket of Europe, it also has to do with the petrodollar. You know what I'm referring to when I say petrodollar? It's the U.S. dollar that is used as the exchange payment for oil and natural gas. Well, what's interesting is Putin is now refusing, as payment, 
for any natural gas and oil, the U.S. dollar, in favor of the Russian ruble. According to Al Jazeera, Putin announced a gas currency switch for unfriendly countries. Here's a quote. The Russian ruble briefly leapt to a three-week high past 95 against the U.S. dollar on Wednesday in Moscow before settling close to 100 after President Vladimir Putin said Russia would start selling its gas to unfriendly countries in rubles. The potential ramifications of that move, which Putin ordered his government to sort out in one week, could boost the Russian currency, already has, with a host of European countries still dependent on Moscow for much of their energy supplies. I've heard some pretty staggering numbers. It's up there, at the very least, 30 percent, 30 percent. You think about that. Hang on to that again. I want to come back to that in a moment. Add to this what the Times of Israel is calling a political earthquake on Wednesday, with the coalition whip Edith Silman's sudden resignation, which is now unsettling Naftali Bennett's coalition, <laughs> leaving many to speculate that Netanyahu's Likud party could, if you can imagine, regain power in what would be yet another election in Israel. So much so, Netanyahu held a rally immediately after the breaking news. I-24 News reported on this with the headline, Netanyahu tells weak government to go home at rally. Hmm. Weak government? Hmm. Rally? Hmm. Where's that glass of champagne? I'm not recommending champagne. This sounds very interesting to me, like it's all scripted. It's all part of the plan. Weak government, rally. I'm not going to say anything more on that. I'm going to leave that right there. With the calm before the storm environmentally, economically, and geopolitically, we have the calm before the storm technologically. Now, it's important to understand that these four, just these four, there are others, are interconnected with each other, in concert with each other, which is what I want to talk about for the remainder of our time together today. And we'll go ahead at this time and and the live stream on YouTube and Facebook. Now, I am keenly aware that I run the risk of an oversimplification when I say this, but everything is converging and forming what's oftentimes referred to as the perfect storm. Stay with me. You've got everything environmentally, climate change, Agenda 2030. 
You got everything that's happening economically, digital blockchain technology, global currency, all digital. You have everything that is happening geopolitically. By the way, today, as we speak, right now, uh, France, the elections, you hear about this? Macron and Le Pen, very interesting, a uh, little unsettling for the French. Uh, just today, I, this morning when I got up, I uh, heard the breaking news that for the first time in Pakistan's history, the Prime Minister was removed from office. First time, never happened before. That's very interesting. There's this calm before this geopolitical storm that is converging with the calm before the environmental storm that's about to hit, the economic storm that is about to hit. You got the geopolitical storm, and now all we need is a technological storm. And you know what I'm talking about here. You see it there on the screen. These, I'm going to call it injections because they're not vaccines. I truly believe with all my heart are the final straw, you'll forgive the metaphor, that, that breaks the camel's back. I know Arabs should probably not use camel illustrations, but I'm going to use it anyway. This is, this is the one, I like how one economist who's an online member, uh, I'm going to mention it here in a moment, he, he likened it, I think this is a, a perfect uh, illustration. You have this COVID, let's call it balloon. Uh, I mean, you have this, this hyperinflation balloon, which is, by the way, Revelation chapter 6. We've talked about that at length, in depth hyperinflation, which, by the way, make no mistake about it, this is why they're kind of opening things back up. They want us back out driving cars and filling them up with gas that costs $9 a gallon. They want us going to the store. That's fine. You can go ahead, go, in, go into the store. And if you can find anything on the shelves, you're going to pay five times the price for it. It's all planned. Because again, it's a controlled demolition of the current economy to usher in this global digital economy, right on time, exactly as we're told in God's Word it would happen. So he uses this, this pin that pops the bubble. COVID's the pin, because right now there's this huge bubble. It's being inflated, hyperinflated, and it's just a matter of time before you pop it. And this is what pops it. <laughs> You'll forgive the example, but that, that the end of the needle <laughs> on that injection, that's going to be the very thing that pops the whole thing. And here's how I get there. One's ability to buy and sell will be predicated upon one's compliance and not defiance. So again, bear with me, everything will now be determined by environmentally your carbon footprint. That'll lower your social credit score. 
because of your environmental defiance and non-compliance. Let's talk about the injection. Oh, you haven't had your 321st booster shot? Well, there goes your score. You go into the store, there goes your score, because you're not in compliance. And it's across the board in every arena. Oh, you, uh, I, I see here you posted something on social media that goes against the narrative. There goes your score. And oh, by the way, we're tracking everything, so we know everything because of this technology. So every transaction, everything you do, <laughs> we know it. And we've been watching you. <laughs> and um, you can't buy. You can't sell, because you're not in compliance. For those who were interested, we did an update on December 6th of 2020 titled The Great Setup, which leads to the World Economic Forum's Great Reset, which is by 2030 a reset of the whole world so that you will own nothing and be happy because they're going to control everything. It's, and it's already happening, exactly as, again, we're told it would. On April 4th of 2021, we did an update and looked in depth into what's known as this social credit score system in an update titled, Coming to a Head. I hope you don't tire of me saying this, but the technology is already in place. That's not the question. The question is not, well, do we have that technology in place now to track ev not just every human, everything? It was the Internet of Things, now it's the Internet of Bodies. Everyone is going to be connected to this technology. And that technology is already in existence. And one need look no further than to, of all places, China, to see it operational and functional, even now as we speak. Dare I say that the aforementioned calm before the storm is an indication of just how close we are to the seven-year tribulation. If everything's already in place, and we're on the brink slash cusp, and this is the calm before the storm, wouldn't it stand to reason that we're that close? And oh, by the way, my Bible says it's sudden destruction. And the thing about sudden destruction, as you know, is that it's sudden destruction. <laughs> that sudden comes suddenly. Thankfully, Jesus will take those who are born again, 
of the Spirit of God out of this world prior to the horrific seven-year tribulation that is coming suddenly. However, those who were not will be left behind and go through what Jesus said would be the likes of which man has never seen. The tribulation that is coming upon the whole world. It's for this reason, and please, I, please hear me when I say this. I would implore you to make the most important decision of your life for eternal life while there's still time. Well, Pastor, you say that every week. I know. And I'm going to continue to say it every week. There is coming a time when I will not say it, <laughs> because I won't be here to say it. And I'm hoping you'll not be here for me to say it either. That's how quickly it's coming. What's happening right now is just the calm before this storm that's coming suddenly. Please, I, this is another thing I was praying about in anticipation of today's update. I know that every week we end with the gospel and the ABCs of salvation. And my prayer was that today, this week, it would not just be rote or a formality or here we go again, or I'm already saved. I really would like for you to give me your undivided attention, because I want to explain very simply the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And the reason I'm saying that that way is because this is the only way we're getting out of this. You've probably noticed, those of you that have been coming for any length or period of time, that conspicuously absent from these prophecy updates is any mention of, we need to rise up. We need to fight back. Do you want to know why? Because that would be akin to rearranging the deck furniture on the Titanic. It's going down. It's going down. The signs are all around. And if Jesus were here today, He is. <laughs> in spirit and truth. But if He was here, He would say to us, you know, you're really good at predicting the, you know, the, the weather and what's coming. But why don't you do that when it comes to Bible prophecy? The signs are all around. The clouds are forming. You can see them right there on the horizon. It's coming. And there's not much time. There's not much time. And why would you waste your time trying to keep this thing on life support? Listen, th this world is destined for destruction. The judgment of God is coming. I know that that's not a popular message. Ask Jeremiah about that. We're in Jeremiah on Thursday nights. 
Judgment is coming. Jesus is coming. We talked about this last week. That should either be so exciting or rightfully so, so terrifying to you, depending on your position in Christ. If you don't know Jesus, you're left behind. You should rightfully be terrified. And I'd rather scare people into heaven than flatter them into hell. And if this needs to scare the H-E double toothpicks, maybe I'll say it like that, out of you, then so be it, if that's what it takes. But there is no time. It's just a matter of time. It, Jesus said, if my kingdom were here of this world, my, my disciples would fight. But they're not going to fight because my kingdom is not here. That's why conspicuously absent from the prophecy updates is any mention of, hey, we need to get our guy in office. Hey, we need to rise up and we need to form a coalition and we need to protest and we need to do this, we need to do that. By the way, if you're new to the church, first of all, we welcome you. We're delighted that you're here, but there's something you probably need to know. Full disclosure, we're not about that here. There's only one thing we're about here and it's Jesus. It's Jesus. You know, if that's um, not what you're wanting, I, I can just very lovingly say there are many other churches that are into that. And, but we don't do that here. We don't do that here. It's all about Jesus salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ. He's coming to rescue us out of this world. He's coming to take us out of this world. That's our only hope. It's not just our blessed hope, it's our only hope. Our only way out of this, with what's coming? I mean, right now, as, even as I was talking about the economic aspect of this, the coming <laughs> storm economically and this digital currency, I could tell. Not that I can read your minds. Wait, no, I can't read your minds, but I could tell. Because I, and the reason I could tell is because I did the same thing, and I still do. And I have to have the Holy Spirit check my heart. Because I'm thinking about, wait a minute, what about the investments? And I got this over here, and I got that over there. And man, if they're going to centralize everything, and confiscate everything, and tax and penalize everything, and uh, man, what am I going to do? And it's, Jesus is like, Hello? <laughs> what, what are you doing? Well, I mean, you know, this is coming. Yeah, but I'm coming. Right. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I'm sorry, Lord. You, you preach it every week, preacher. That's, that's me. I'm talking about myself here. You preach it every week. What are you, what are you worrying about? Why do you run to and fro? The pagans do that. Why do you worry about what you're going to eat and where? Don't worry about that. Your heavenly Father will feed you and take care of you. 
whatever needs you have prior to that trumpet sounding, God is going to provide, and even now is. You don't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah, but I've got this in this portfolio. Oh, so you've laid up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust can destroy, and where thief can break in and steal, it seems. How about you lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where that can't happen? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. <laughs> Notice he didn't say it the other way around, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. No, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Oh, maybe that's why you got your treasure down here. You've dug your roots down too deep in the temporal soil of this earth. I'm almost finished. I, I will end, but uh, please, again, I, I would implore you, I would implore you, to please reconsider and revisit the seriousness with which, and the suddenness with which everything is coming to pass, as we were told it would. Because see, I don't want for anyone to be caught off guard when, not if, the rapture happens, and for them have it be as a thief in the night. I want all of us to be watching, expecting that the Lord could come back for us at any time, and He will. And the Antichrist cannot be revealed until the church is removed. And you talk about the calm before that storm. He's already alive and well, by the way. So is the false prophet. And as soon as we're taken out, that's it, man. That's it. This is life and death serious, eternal life and eternal death serious. And in fact, in preparation for the Resurrection Sunday sermon next week, I'm kind of seeking the Lord about this, kind of different than in past years. Because Jesus came the first time to die on the cross, be buried, and be raised again from the dead on the third day, and also He could come back one day. That's, that's the gospel, the good news. It's not just the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus, it's the return of Jesus too. That's the good news of salvation. And that's what salvation is, right? Salvation, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be saved. We, we, we say, I'm, I'm saved. Saved from what? I'm, I'm saved. I'm saved from eternity in hell. And I'm going to be saved out of this evil world that seems to be waxing more and more evil with each passing day. That's the gospel, the good news. Well, Pastor, how can I be saved? Well, it's very simple. Well, what do you need to do? You don't have to do anything. It's already been done. All you have to do is believe. It's that simple. And that's why we do the ABCs, starting with the A, which is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner. Because until and unless you acknowledge that you've sinned, why would you be interested in a Savior? 
Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. No one can be good enough. You might be good, but no one is good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all transgressed God's law, every single one of us. And there's a penalty for that, by the way. And it's the death penalty, for the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23. And that's the bad news. But here's the good news. The good news is the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's just the A. And it really is that which leads centrally to the B, because really it boils down to just believe. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Believe. And then what comes when you believe is this <laughs> expression, confession, calling upon the name of the Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And finally, Romans 10, 13. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will, will be saved. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Is that too simple? So one last thing, just so we're clear here. Only those who call upon the name of the Lord, believing in their hearts on the person of Jesus Christ, are going to be saved out of this world and taken in the rapture, yes. So if I'm not saved, I'm going to be left behind, yes. So that's why you're yelling at us and screaming at us and spitting on us? Yes, actually it is. That's what's at stake here. That's what's at stake here. I'm trying to get as many people off of that Titanic of this fallen world as I can before it goes down. And it's just on the brink, okay, of going down. It can happen at any time. That's how close we are. I want to share with you a but God testimony. This one comes from Ruthie Dennis, who writes, several weeks ago I wrote asking for prayer for my licensed LPN daughter who would not take the vaccine and was out of a job fresh out of LPN school. Today she got a job. It is with a home health agency who serves people in their homes. She is so excited to see God's faithfulness to her as she kept saying, and I like this, God's got this. That's because He does. Thank you for praying with us, Ruthie. You know, 
please stand. Capono, come on up. Um, when God allows something like this to happen, never imagine that He doesn't have something infinitely better in store for you. He is in absolute control. It's been, and I'm sure you've heard it said, when God shuts one door, He opens up another one. Well, how about this one? God may not want to use a door. He may have a window over here that He wants to have you go through that you weren't even thinking of. And it's always way more better. That's a <laughs> it's always infinitely better for His glory. You might be here today or watching online and it's a struggle. And it seems to be getting worse. I really want to encourage you. Yes, the Lord is coming back, but until that trumpet sounds, God's got this. God's got you safely in the palm of His hand, under the shadow of His wing. He will always provide, oftentimes in ways that you could have never imagined. And it's always exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything you could have ever thought, let alone asked. You be encouraged and encourage one another with these words. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Lord, it's, uh, it's pretty clear. <laughs> it's coming. And you told us it would. And it's not just near, it really does seem to be here. And so Lord, I just want to close with this prayer, very simply for anyone who is here or watching that has never called upon you, believing in their heart, putting their trust in you. Lord, I pray that today they would make that decision, because today is the day of salvation, that they would not delay any longer. And Lord, You're always so gracious. You just gently, over a period of time, just keep knocking on that door. But Lord, I pray that today that door is opened so that you can come in and sup with us and us with you. In Jesus' name, Amen.